Check in, check in. If it is Tuesday, it is time once again for another episode of Untapped Potential on TDN Radio right here with Dr. Simone. So welcome to the program. It is wonderful to have you on board. A special good evening to you if you're a first-time listener and you happen to stumble across the program or you were referred by someone to join us here each and every Tuesday for our power-up session. We are happy to have you join us. And if you're a regular listener, we want to say a special good evening to you, whether you're listening from Dominica, the Caribbean region, or the rest of the world. We are very happy that you take some time off each and every Tuesday at 5.30 Eastern Time to join us for our power-up session as we get ready to take on the week ahead. So how is your summer shaping up? I hope that you're having a much better summer this year compared to last year when we were all under lockdown and shutdown and coronavirus was raging through the entire world. So I hope that you are having a better summer this summer. Uh, we went out uh, yesterday to Piedmont Park and it was so great to see everyone out there enjoying their family and enjoying the weather as more and more people are taking the vaccine. And we're also celebrating here at my house because we have some family members, including my mom. You know, I love spending time with my mom, not to mention her great cooking. So my mom, as well as my nephews, flew into town yesterday. So Sophia will be having a wonderful summer with her cousins as compared to last year when she was completely on her own. So we're looking forward to enjoying summer, enjoying some family time. And it just reminds us that uh, it's so important to hold our families closer, especially when we look at what is going on in Surfside, Florida. So we keep the folks down there in Surfside, Florida in mind, in our prayers, as we remember that, uh, unfortunately, a condominium building down there collapsed. And we uh, there are about 150 people who are unaccounted for because of this collapse. And there are about nine people at this point who have been uh, confirmed as dead. So just a reminder to all our families close to remember to say I love you whenever we can and to remember to say 
um, how grateful we are because we simply do not know when it will be the last time that we see our family members. So welcome to the program for yet another Tuesday right here on TDN Radio. We have another packed hour for you. We will continue that Facebook Live interview we did regarding hurricane preparedness and how to get prepared for the hurricane season for 2021. And of course, remain until the end of the program so we can tell you about our next guest who will be coming up. And just as importantly, you know, I get so excited with the interviews that I keep forgetting that I want to include some goal-setting tips during each and every episode. So today I'm going to remember <laughs> to include some tips on how you can remain consistent with setting and working on those very uh, life important goals that we have set out for ourselves this year. So stay tuned until the end of the program. And again, I want to welcome you in a special way as we get energized and powered up for the week ahead. So as we get started, let us enjoy this song from Morgan Heritage, a song entitled Down by the River. And then again, remember that the episode that you will be hearing, the interview that you will be hearing was taped via Facebook live and the voices that you will be hearing are that of Mr. Cecil Schillingford, Mr. Brenton Hillier, and Miss uh, Lizra, I'm sorry, Lizra Fabian, as they talked about the importance of being prepared for the hurricane season. So enjoy this number by Morgan Heritage, and then stay tuned for our Facebook Live recorded interview.
talk about the building standards but yeah. before we do i just want to hear from brenton and lizra in terms of your experience during hurricane maria and what are the lessons you think we've learned and the ones that uh you know we still need to be reminded of well for me i would say this was one of the the longest nights of my life it was mm -hmm. the experience that you can never forget I don't think any one of us who went through Mario would ever forget what that night was like or, or thereafter. Um, but one of the important things that stood out to me was the importance of people, um, the importance of family, the importance of friends, the importance of just human connection. Because when everything that someone may have is destroyed, everything is taken away, everything goes with the hurricane, then um, what do we have? We have our connections, we have our family, we have all friends and i think after that time we saw a lot of dominicans coming together um collaborating we like i'm from Benz, and during that time i also passed a hurricane in Benz. um i was also living somewhere during that time as well like because of work but i spent the hurricane in Benz and had to move back home um during that time and um seeing how the community would come together we had one light in the community and once that light mm -hmm. is on everybody would see it would come together cook food um play games and even the children are playing ring games which they <laughs> never played in a very long time so we did see some um more community engagement so that stood out to me um another thing lesson learned is to be able to prepare the same thing we spoke about before but putting as much in place beforehand so that in times like this we can be able to have more resources to take care of our needs. Um, I also see the importance of national coordination um, and business coordination, because for us in Dominica, um, there were some key persons who were in, in different roles, but because of how the country was so widely affected, um, we saw other persons having to step up to, to take up the responsibility in, in some key roles. And, and this shows the importance of contingency planning ensure that we train our people to be able to respond adequately in these cases and um, we have some persons learning on the spot which is really great um but if we even are able to put more plans and more more redundancies in place then we are better able to manage in these times and um, one of the things one of my directors mentioned to me at that time israel every day take every day as one day you can mm -hmm. the future and dominica is destroyed like if we have to think of what happened like it was really depressing and mm -hmm. we may even have cried at certain times but we do the best we can every day and every day the little we do makes a big difference and eventually yeah. 
we see that difference. Yeah, and you know, it also speaks to mental health. How do we uh, counsel people after a hurricane? How do we counsel them even before a hurricane? Because I imagine a lot of people would be very anxious yeah. when hurricane season is coming up if they've had a very terrifying experience like Hurricane Maria. But Brenton, what was your experience and what were the lessons you think we learned from um, Hurricane Maria? My experience was leadership is tough. <laughs> I think the mantle of a leader is really tested at times like that because it's no longer about you. You still have your family to look after. You have to look after yourself. But uh, when you have people that you're comfortable for, it is tough. So being the head of my company in Dominica, it was sort of my mandate to try and look at as many people as I could in the shortest space of time to coordinate efforts, set up calling circles, reach out to people as quickly as possible. And then, thankfully, my company is a regional one, well, international, and we got a lot of assistance for our staff members in the first stage to make sure that they were okay. So that fell upon me to sort of coordinate. So, you know, most days in the initial time, I was out 8 o'clock, back in the house at 6 o'clock, and then do it the next day again. Um, I mean, I can laugh about it now, but it was crazy. You know, things you would see on TV, that's what I lived through. When I wake up at eight o'clock, I had to make a list of where can I walk to during this space of time because we had curfew, we couldn't drive, and sometimes I had to walk all the way to the port, then walk back to the police station to get permission, then walk back to the port. And I, I definitely lost some weight. <laughs> It's not yes, yes. I mean, I can look back at now and smile about, and I think it has made me stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when COVID came around, I, I was like, I've been it's through nothing. Maria. I've mm -hmm. been through When they had a lockdown for COVID, I mean, we've been on lockdown for Maria, so we have an idea as to how it feel, felt. And I believe that if all of us maybe sat down and analyzed what we truly went through, during Maria, we would have seen how much stronger, how much more resilient we became. And that is actually a strength, I believe, we can take and translate to our success, whether it's through our family and through our professional life, you know, professional capacity. A key thing, too, I learned is that, as I mentioned, leadership is tough, and we have to realize that we cannot do it on our own. So for all my efforts, I had a team that I could rely upon. I had some go-to people. I would pick up my phone when I did have battery life and call a person and the person would just say, yes, let's go. And I could not have done it without, without that sort of support. And I really love the whole back to the basics feeling. Lisa hinted at it, but it was like all of a sudden, you actually got to know your neighbors. You know, when you're busy in life, you get up, you leave the house, you go to work, you come back home late, you go straight into your house. But it forced you to just sit outside. So there were times where they sat out looking at the scenery of the country, talking, sharing stories. And that's things we would not have done before. And even up to this date, those sort of bonds that were established back then still exist right now. So it showed that maybe it is true that technology gets into the gets in the way of you know, the sort of bonds that we should be creating. So I still try to maintain some sort of balance there. But yeah, I mean, there's so much more I could say, but 
That yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Now, Cecil, I want to come back to you because you talked about your building being um, sound. So let's kind of talk about uh, the if, if there's a need to reevaluate building standards, because I'm sure you remember that after the hurricane, everyone wanted a concrete roof because those were the roofs that withstood the hurricane. So let's kind of talk about if there's a need to reevaluate building standards, um, if there's a need to reevaluate where people are even allowed to build. And then, you know, we have a, a recent example where we see that homes are being built with one door, there's no exit door at the back. So, so is there a need to reevaluate the building standards in Dominica? You're muted. I think, I think we have very good um, building standards. What mm -hmm. we need to do, what we need more is enforcement. Because what happens is you can build a house and you might never get a, a visit from the, the powers that be, you know, the institution that's responsible for that. Or you may just get one visit where maybe you should get five, six visits. Um, so I, I think the enforcement of that needs to be looked into we maybe have to think about going back to um, the houses of um, the 1800s and the 1900s in terms of the the the, the way the roof is, is is put together because you know to be honest that um, after Hurricane David in <clears throat> 1979 we saw a lot of modern houses um, lost their roofs and um, a lot of the old time houses, they didn't um, lose yeah, their roofs. Yeah. Um, my house is almost built um, like the old time um, houses. Um, my roof is a cathedral roof, very, 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 very steep. Uh, a six, seven foot man can stand up in the, in the, in the ceiling. And uh, then, um, I cut out a lot of the things like the overhangs and what have you, uh, very short overhangs or some in some areas, absolutely no overhangs and um, or, or what we call eaves. And um, the whole practice of using um, hurricane um, um, straps um, to every raft, I use two hurricane straps, one on each side and, and things of that nature. So um, people have to look at their, at, their, at their whole situation because you see, you, you not many of us will will be able to build three and four houses in a lifetime some of us will only be able to build one so if you build in one make sure that you build a good one especially in light of the fact that we are in the hurricane belt another thing i have been i have been promoting during my um, career in uh, disaster management is that um, every family should have at least one strong room very often we build on pillars and the best spot in the house is left open. So you pack the cars there, the dogs sleep there, um, etc. You use it for storage. And that is really the best place um, um, thing. So why not, um, if you cannot build the whole downstairs, try to cut out a section of it and have <clears throat> at least one big enough room for your family and a washroom and maybe a little spot where you can do like a kitchenette where you can do a little cooking um same thing upstairs even if you really want to have your galvanized roof you should look at another area maybe the master bedroom is is, is the best area where you have a, a washroom and you slab that room alone 
and then you can have the rest of the um, of the roof in galvanized and 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 and, and timber and what have you. Um, it may be a little costly. It's the same thing. Brenton will tell you. You may feel that the insurance is a little costly, but it is necessary. So you may find putting in a slab over a section of your upper upper floor and still covering it with with galvanized might be a little costly, but um, that may be an area that will um, protect your family during a storm. And I always say to people, I mean, I promote shelters. We must have shelters. Not everybody can stay at their homes. We must have shelters. But I always tell people, a shelter is not necessarily the best place to be or a nice place to be. So if every family can have their own little shelter within their own um, housing arrangement, um, that would be the, the best way to, to, to go. Um, it would ease up the pressure on the on the the state, the the government, and at the same time, it would protect more people, uh, and also less people would require sheltering. So you could maybe select um, any public structure within the community that is appropriate, that is strong, that you feel will survive, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to house the few people that you may have to provide um, shelters for. I mean, as <clears throat> as the national disaster coordinator for years. I mean, during the hurricane season, one of the things that kept me awake was worrying about people in shelters because I never wanted to move people in shelters. And then at some time of the night or, or day or what have you, I get a call saying that the, that the structure collapsed and how many people died, et cetera, et cetera. So I always wanted to ensure that I had a good shelter. But we in our own personal lives, we must um, look at our own need for shelter. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, another concern that a, a lot of us have is that we don't live in Dominica, but we have property in Dominica, we may have a business in Dominica. So how can we, let's just talk a little bit about how can we protect our properties in Dominica? And I think that question would go to you, Brenton, in terms of the application process, maybe for insurance. So just kind of walk us through the process of securing insurance if we do not live in Dominica. The process would not be that complicated because the individual resides out of Dominica. What would be required is that whatever documents have, that have to be completed would need to be notarized. So that's something that's in our law. Once a signature is being placed on the documents, they need a notary witness and also the copies of the ID of the individual owning the property needs to be notarized as well. So once that can be provided, we can proceed with ensuring that the property is covered. Now, a key thing in that process of being covered is having an up-to-date evaluation of your property. And that evaluation should be within three years in terms of the timeliness of it. One of the reasons for that goes back to the whole concept of the under insurance. As we know, the cost of construction increases every year. So you would have built your property today and it's assessed today and they give you a value of 100,000. But next year with inflation and all other economic factors, the cost of the material is going to increase. The cost of the labor is going to increase. So if your house had to be destroyed in the following year, to build it back up would have cost you more. Now the idea is that, well, the law allows for that. Once your property is within 85% or 
Well, that is once the insurance is within 85% of the reinstatement cost of the property, the average consideration or the under insurance is not factored into any claim. So within that three year period, it's not expected that the cost of construction would have increased so much to free outside of that 85%. So that's why it's recommended that every three years you do an evaluation of your property. But even outside of that, some of us have ongoing works or some of us have these grand things that we want to do. Cecil, just give us this brilliant idea. I think Cecil, you need to- Yes, I love that idea. That. Yes. I never thought about it myself. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you have actually listened to Cecil and created mm -hmm. your sort of panic room in your house. Yes. That would increase the cost of your property from the get-go. So you should not then wait for the three-year period. But once you know you have invested in your property like that, get an updated evaluation and go into your insurance company and have a talk about what the cost would be. So it's not an issue to be living out of state and wanting to insure your property. You just need to have the documents notarized, need to have an updated evaluation or once it's within the three-year period that we can facilitate the client. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any thoughts you want to share, um, Lizra, as we're, we're talking? Well, I think um, you what you mentioned was for persons who are living abroad and how we can share some best practice in managing um, their, their property back home. Um, this past weekend, I was speaking with a cousin and I'm like, there's so many properties here. How about like house sitting for someone? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that there could be opportunities as opposed to just um, thinking that we're aware and we may feel that no one can take care. I think there, there could be an opportunity and maybe even a business opportunity to help take off properties because if we leave them for too long, um, woodens, termites, um, other things will infest the place and it will not be as habitable or it will be very expensive to um, re-inhabit the place when we would want to return to Dominica. So just as an admonition, um, no one is an island. There may be persons here who can, uh, who are honest and, and can really help to take care of, of the place, but that requires some partnerships and clearly identifying what will happen in this partnership, <laughs> not one side adversely benefiting from the other, but um, some opportunities can be created. So just a thought for anyone who's considering such. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much, guys, for being here. So as we get ready to take our final questions, I just want to make sure we take the comments from the Facebook Live before we end the program. So again, we are joined by Cecil Schillingford, Brenton Hillier, and Liz Rafabian. And we are talking about hurricane preparedness in Dominica as the hurricane season began on, on June 1st. Uh, 2021. So let's just make sure we take some comments and then I have one more question um, before we wrap up the program. So we have Catherine Hill. She says, hey, Cecil, great stuff. Simone, this initiative is on point. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, Claire Soki says, some people can't afford a simple roof. So I guess she was referring to back when we were talking about the concrete roof. So she's implying that some cannot even afford a simple roof. Uh, Rosalind is listening in New York. Hi, Rosalind, always nice to see you on the live. Catherine again says, that's right, Simone, it's important to secure your property's insurance. And Catherine also says, Cecil and the ODM have been speaking of this special room in your house from the time we experienced Hurricane Maria. Any comments? Yeah, well, I mean, I have been speaking about that long before Maria. 
and uh, but the whole Maria experience, one of the concerns though I had um, in the whole house um, repairs after Hurricane Maria is that um, a lot of people felt that maybe they should just move from the concrete roof, from the galvanized roof to the concrete roof. And uh, some people started putting on concrete roofs on their houses. And we are not sure that the structure is able to support because a concrete roof is very heavy. Right. Um, so you have to have a good um, structure below for that. Um, so we were a little concerned about that. Um, but um, you could see in other areas or in other um, um, structures where people actually put in the necessary support um in the old basement you know to be able to put up the um to be able to put a concrete concrete roof but um it's not all about concrete roof i think um, if you have a well-constructed um timber galvanized roof um, um it can serve uh, the same purpose we also have to realize that we live in an earthquake prone area and mm -hmm. you can never tell when you get a big jolt and if your structure below cannot support that concrete roof, you could have another another disaster. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Absolutely. We, have to, we have to bear that in mind. Yeah, and I missed a couple of comments. So let's just take Celia Phipps watching from New Jersey. Hi, Celia. And Carl Kofi James greetings, Simone and your guests tonight. So thank you everyone who joined us on the Facebook Live. Christian Paul, the structure must be able to support the roof. Yeah. And Grayson, plus a concrete roof can collapse from an earthquake so just what right. you said just as said well that, yeah. and tina invaluable information by the panel so thank you so much so our final question um this evening and just your general thoughts it seems like you know we're experiencing climate change and hurricanes are projected to be more intense more uh frequent so just some final thoughts on you know the whole concept of climate change of course we know a lot of the industrial countries uh are responsible for the pollution that's causing all this climate change but just your final thoughts on that and anything else you would like to share with us before we wrap up the program Lizra, we'll start with you ladies first okay. in terms of climate change right now something that we, we are advocating for businesses is that we must consider multi-hazards oftentimes we think of hurricanes for dominica but there are so many more things that's happening um we have coastal um erosion taking place and and for the businesses who and homes that are on the coastal areas um that's a, a significant risk um i also want to share that the chamber is also taking action in that area. We submitted a proposal to Carib Klima, which is a, a French, uh, an initiative and funding that supports French and Creole speaking countries on climate change. And we got through for a proposal, we won this proposal. And this is a, co a coalition with the Martinique and St. Lucia Chambers of Commerce. We are starting our project in climate change awareness for the private <laughs> sector. And this looks at identifying the risk of all businesses and looking at how we help all companies and handhold, um, have some handholding sessions in ensuring that the actions we take actually reduce our risk of climate change. We also focus on an area that looks at psychosocial support. I know we mentioned it briefly earlier on, but being able to train our organizations in responding to our entrepreneurs and our business community in terms of psychosocial support. So climate change is, it's real. 
um, our countries are being impacted and the intensity and the strength of it is increasing. So what we're doing is trying to encourage, trying to share awareness and help our businesses and our general public to take actions, even if it's something little, a little over a long period of time makes a lot of difference. So let's do what we can to ensure that our lives can be sustained, our businesses can be protected, our resources, our family can also be protected. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Brenton, climate change and anything else you would like to share? Uh, the whole topic of climate change is, I mean, can be seen as speculative by some, others may believe it's real. I just think it's life and I think the longer we stay on this earth, the more that we have to deal with. I remember from being a young boy watching certain movies, they would always have this forecast that 20 years down the road, all the resources would have been used up and this whole craziness happening on the earth, trying to fight for what's left. And I think maybe we are seeing glimpses of that right now in, in a very small form, but the whole idea is that the world is changing as time is progressing. And what that really brings to me is, okay, forgetting about the movies and their extreme concept, but right now for every one of us, whether we are an individual, whether it's a business, risk management has to form a part of our lives. In the past, risk management was seen as something that we could take for granted that we always operated on the basis that everything will be fine. There's nothing to worry about. But with time, with what we've been seeing happening, especially for us in Dominica, risk is an everyday matter that we have to sort out. Um, we can no longer put it at the back burner of any strategic decision that we have to make. So for the business, what is the biggest risk to you? Is it that one day a river could overflow its bank again and enter your premises and the $50,000 worth of equipment that invested in is washed away. We have to understand those sort of risks and put measures into play to help us transfer the risk. So in the event that it occurs, we are able to bounce back and taking it to the personal level, if you want to think about climate change and us. I mean, this week, I was actually walking in the street and I checked on my smartwatch and it has a gauge for UV speaking to how intense the rays are from the sun. Mm -hmm. And it actually was right at the top saying severe. So I clicked on it and it actually advised me to avoid long hours outside. Wow. That is something I have never seen since I've had this watch and I'm seeing it for the first time. And it really felt hot at some, I can't recall what exactly, but one of these days it was just unbearingly hot. And I mean, the fact that I'm picking that up on my watch says that the world is changing. So things that we used to think of no longer, I recall that some years ago, there was the incident of heat strokes happening in one of the territories in the world. It could happen in the Caribbean. So in terms of ourselves now, we have to think about what are the risks? The environment is a risk. How can we manage the risk? Obviously, we need to ensure that we have maybe health insurance in place. So if we had to get some sort of stroke from that heat wave and I saw my watch, we can access the treatment that we need. If we are an entrepreneur, as Lizard said, and something had to happen to us without us planning for it, 
how does my business continue to the family members that I have or to the other people who are the managers in my business? That's where life insurance comes into play. Or I'm a father and if for some reason the son just decides to knock me out while I'm walking casually, how does my daughter continue life getting the education she needs? So all of these are risk factors in our life, regardless of what kind of risk it is. But the point is, in this day and age, we can no longer avoid those conversations. Those are conversations that we have to have in our businesses, in our families, and even with ourselves when we are looking in the mirror. So we have to start putting that at the forefront. Very well said. Cecil? Yeah, well, um, we have been seeing a lot of changes and um, whether it's climate change, whether it's climate variables, whatever it is, um, we have to pay attention and we have to treat our climate, our um, environment much better than we have been doing. Um, we've seen, we have been seeing more intense rainfalls. Uh, we've been seeing floodings that we've never seen before. And then um, last year was a record year for hurricanes where we, well, I should say storms, where we recorded um, 13 named storms. That's the highest it has ever been um, since storms are being monitored. Um, in 2005, it was two, um, 27. And of course, last year beat that record, to, um, brought it up to, to 30. So there are a lot of things um, we have to pay attention to. Um, Hurricanes going to be stronger. I always refer to Hurricane Maria as a category five plus because mm -hmm. it could well have been, if you do the calculations, it could well have been a, a category eight, you know? So we have to pay attention to that. And um, we have to build our infrastructure to be able to withstand that because we, every weekend we cannot be um, spending money on on a, on a new house, on a new bridge, on a new this and a new that. So we have to do what is right. Um, if we have to use less fossil fuel, if we have to move to alternative energy, etc., so that we can uh, take care of our environment, so that it can take care of us. Mm -hmm. And um, so that that's what I'll say on on the climate change. Um, uh, just one thing I would like, because most times when you tell people about an emergency kit, they always think of food and water. I just want to highlight a few other things. It's important that you have a first aid kit at home, because if you have a hurricane like Hurricane Maria, invariably somebody, maybe a child, will get a cut or something, so you need um, some first aid. Um, small tools, it's good to have some small tools. You might have some um, quick repairs to do after um, the, the hurricane. Uh, put on some new galvanized and what have you. So you need a hammer um, for your car, small tools, etc. Lighting is going to be key because, again, the power goes um, sometimes whether we want it or not, but it is advisable that if you're going to get a direct hit by a hurricane um, within four hours or six hours before it arrives, that you turn off the power. Um, to at least to prevent people from getting um, killed as a result of downed power lines and so on. So lights are, are very important. Communications, although I tell people the cell phone is of no use during a hurricane because the towers are going to go down and what have you, mm -hmm. but you must have some kind of um, um, communication device so that you can reach um, somebody um, in quick time and having a portable battery-operated radio so that you can keep in touch with what is happening out there. So you yourself know <clears throat> what is happening and the actions um, um, you, need, you need to take. 
Um, some kitchen items like openers, etc., sanitary and hygiene um, items, doc your documents to ensure that they are um, safe, contact numbers, clothing and the bedding, and also some specialty items for, for babies and for the elderly. Mm -hmm. and, and any needed medication? And medication, yeah. Well, that's yes. one thing we always tell people to stock up on medication. If you um, take any kind of uh, medication and uh, you hear that there's a hurricane around, I think you should up your, your prescription by another month or so because you're not sure. Look at what happened after Hurricane David. Um, Maria, sorry. Um, so you should have at least an extra month supply. So we always, um, and if you're on insulin and things like that, you have to have as much as possible um, to keep you going. Yes, and, and finally, just any contact information you would like to leave with the audience for your particular organization. If anyone is interested in getting in touch with your particular organization, how might they do so? Okay, um, I think everybody has my number. <laughs> well, not your personal number, yeah. For those, uh, no, well, um, I, I, I operate, I am not with the government anymore, so I operate outside of the government system. Ah. So my contact information, I really um, do consultancy for USAID, USAID Bureau for Humanitarian Assistance, mm -hmm. and my telephone number, um, as I say, which everybody has, is 767 Two three five four eight four eight seven six seven two three five four eight four eight, and I also have um, seven six seven um, four four eight four eight four eight. So, and uh, people can contact me on my email at Cecil dot p dot Schillingford at gmail dot com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach me at these contact numbers. Well, thank you and so much, you, Cecil. If you're if you're trying to get the National Disaster mm -hmm. Office, it is 767-448-7777. I chose that number and I try to keep it simple. So it's 767-448-7777. Very easy. <laughs> Thank you, Cecil. Uh, Brenton? Okay, my number is 767-615-7914. Once again, 767-615-7914. If you have any general questions or need advice, I am available. My motto is once I am up, I can answer. Yes, and, if, and again, you represent? Surgical Life Insurance. Thank you. And Lisa? Yes, I represent DIC. So as you can see, the brand is right here. Um, our number is 449-1962, area code 767. So 767 Four four nine one nine six two. That's the the office number. You can also WhatsApp us on the same seven six seven two three five one nine six two. We're available via email, also via our Facebook page, Instagram. So reach out to us on social media as well, and we'll be willing to support. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing this timely and valuable information with our audience. We certainly appreciate that you took the time out of your busy schedule to be here. And I think one of the things that we're noticing as we wind up the wind down the program is that we are truly not islands. We might call ourselves islands, but at the end of the day, we all need each other the same way St. Vincent 
needed us during the volcano and we needed the rest of the Caribbean during Hurricane Maria, I think we have to remind ourselves that we are not islands, that we are truly in interconnected, especially as it relates to climate change. And we have to be willing to partner with each other as well as being willing to able to, to partner with our neighbors. So a number of you spoke about the importance of having that network, that community support with our neighbors. So I think that the hurricane season reminds us of the importance of having that community and not having anything divide us so that when a disaster is upon us, we have our neighbors that we can turn to. So I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone who joined us via the Facebook Live and provided feedback and comments on this very important topic. I encourage you to share the live. I encourage you to follow Push, Push Past 10 as we continue to bring you timely and relevant information on everything that affects Dominica. So I truly want to thank you for being here and thank you for continuing to follow us as we work to educate and inform our Dominican public. So again, thank you for being here and you have yourself a wonderful evening until we see again next time on another Facebook Live. You, you are take listening care. to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US and the UK and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. Yeah, so thank you for staying with us as we listened to the second part of our hurricane preparedness episode. And again, the voices that you heard were a pre-recorded interview with Mr. Cecil Schillingford, uh, Ms. Lisa Fabian, and Mr. Brenton Hillier out of Dominica. And we thank them for telling us all about the need to be hurricane prepared. So I hope you found the information helpful. And we will have another interview for you next week. Next week, we will be joined by Miss Naomi Tavernier, and she is an architect out of Barbados. She's Dominican born, and she's been an architect uh, in Barbados for the last few years. She's, so she will stop by and tell us about the challenges and the successes that she has faced as a woman architect in a field that is predominant predominantly dominated by men. And we will also have the rest of that song that we just started playing um, here for you, uh, JD, Mama That Is Mass, as we remember to embrace and uh, enjoy our Calypso music outside of carnival um, season in January and February. So if you remember, we had a program 
not too long ago on Calypso Day and the importance of continuing to enjoy Calypso music during the entire year so we can uh, support the local artists, the Calypsonians, and give them as much exposure as possible. So I hope that we have taken heed and we've continued to enjoy the Calypso music during the year. So as a matter of fact, let's continue to enjoy J.D song mama that is mass and then when we come back we will talk about our goal setting tip for the day as we get ready to wind down the program so let's enjoy this one from jd as we get ready to wind down the program for the Mama, 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 
could have sitting high, smiling all alone. Thirty silver coins on a golden throne. Roosevelt in amnesia, but the girls staying far. They afraid Melissa, but they scared of sniper. A sign in his hand, saying, Bring back the pan. I see Terry Baron, photobomb in Linton. Joshua be a fit independent street in a Lapoca in the air. We out on the road, out on the road, mama time to unload. We out on the road, no place on earth can do it like we. Only mass make we bury with integrity. Oh gosh, look at that, we playing in class. Jerry had me up and dancing and I hope he did the same for you as we get powered up and energized for another week together. So thank you for being here and as I mentioned before, I wanted to share today a special tip for remaining consistent with the goals that we have set for ourselves for this year. And while I was thinking about the options in terms of what I could share, I thought why not start with the book that started all of this for me, uh, my book, Push Past 10, which was published back in January of 2020. So I thought I would just share some of the inserts from my particular book so that you can get a better understanding of the importance of the concept of Push Past 10, because of course it is such a unique name. Many times people are curious as to what exactly is Push Past 10. So this is from chapter 3, page 13 of the book. And again, if you're interested in getting a copy of the book, you can jump on my website. I guess uh, by now you know the name is uh, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com to get some more information about the book and how you can get a copy for yourself. So chapter three, push past 10 and tips for success. So it begins by saying, so what is all this push past 10 about and how can I get there? As I mentioned before, this is the mentality that if you can sustain your workout or any goal for at least 10 minutes, you can push through and complete an hour or more of an exercise program as well as any goal that you're working on. Over the years of this roller coaster experience, the number one truth I discovered is that if I pushed myself to work out for 10 minutes, 10 minutes would become 20. And before I knew it, I had worked out for an hour. I call this behaving yourself into a new mood. So if you have been out dancing lately, that might serve as a good example here. You may have had the worst day ever and was not and was second guessing if you even wanted to go out dancing after work. When you first got to the event, you may have been disinterested initially. However, once the music began and you started moving, your mood changed and you were able to have a fantastic time. In the same way, at the beginning of every workout, I found that my body did not want to do this. Remember, a body at rest stays at rest. Fortunately for all of us, 
It is also true that a body in motion stays in motion. However, once I turned on my favorite music and I pushed myself to work out for at least 10 minutes, my mood would change and I was able to complete my one hour workout. One of my fitness goals was to become a runner. Mind you, and my personal trainer will attest to this, I could not run for five minutes on a treadmill. When I began this journey back in 2003, my shins would flare up, I was out of breath, and muscles I did not know I had would ache. Not to mention the recovery time seemed to last for days. Who wants to deal with that when you have a busy life to live? I was determ determined and I knew that the discipline I had harnessed in other areas of my life would serve me well here. The strategy, run five minutes, walk five minutes for a 30-minute workout. The goal would be to increase the run time and reduce the walk time until I could run 30 minutes nonstop. So again, just a quick excerpt from my book, Push Past 10. That was chapter three, page 13. So I just wanted to highlight the importance of being consistent with your goals. So this is what this is all about. We have, So many of us have so many important life goals that we have set out for ourselves, but the difficulty always comes with trying to be consistent. So we start off as being really excited and then the excitement fails and we try to rely on others to motivate us. But in essence, the motivation has to come from you. It has to come from within you. And so we have to recognize the importance of those first 10 minutes. So try, just try to convince yourself, whether it's trying to work out consistently, whether it is trying to write that book that you told yourself you were going to write, whether it is trying to work on some course material that you've been putting up for the longest time, whatever your goal is that you're working on, just keep reminding yourself that let me set up myself to do at least 10 minutes and see how that 10 minutes will create the momentum that you need to be able to power through an hour. And of course, in the book, where I also talk about the importance of setting up your environment to ensure that you are able to get started immediately on that particular goal. So again, push past 10, that's what started all of this, including this wonderful program that we have here each and every Tuesday uh, on TDN Radio for Push Past 10. So I want to thank you again for being here with us. Our featured video on the website this week will be, I thought, you know, I would spend some time just highlighting our Creole culture. So I think this week our featured video will be maybe the very first Creole lesson that we did on Sassy News. So as you know, I am a huge fan of uh, supporting our identity because I believe that our identity is in fact our strength. The challenges that those before us have faced have in, in, increased our ability to be successful. So as we celebrate 
our identity, I think our Creole language is at the core of that identity. If you're from Dominica, St. Lucia, Seychelles, Martinique, Guadeloupe, Haiti, we are all Creole people. So I thought that this week our featured video will be the very first episode of Sassinu Creole Lessons since so many uh, people are always inquiring about learning Creole. And speaking of which, we're going to have uh, Miss, well, Dr. Kimon Joseph, who is the head of UWE in Dominica. She will be stopping by one of these Wednesdays on a future Sassinu program to tell us about how they are now teaching Creole at UWE. So we can look forward to that. And speaking about what we can look forward to, of course, we have great interviews coming up in the coming week, in the coming weeks. And as a matter of fact, I just recently did an interview with a therapist. She is actually a pelvic floor therapist. So if you've never heard of that term before, her name is Nadia Mills. She is out of St. Kitts and she contacted me because she wanted to share her expertise on the importance of pelvic floor health. And if you don't know what that is, then you certainly have to tune in for that episode, which will be coming up in the next few weeks. And as I mentioned before, our interview next week will be Miss uh, Naomi Tavernier out there in Barbados, and she will tell us about what life is like for her as a female architect in a male-dominated world. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to coming back here next Tuesday as we stop by to get powered up for the week together. I hope that you found the information uh, helpful and you will be able to apply it to your life as we get ready to wind down the program. So don't forget, your life story is your strength. Is your strength. Tap into your potential each and every day. Remember to check out the podcast of any previous episodes of Untapped Potential you may have missed along the way, and you already know that you can do so at pushpast10.com. So again, thank you for being here. I remember to stay positive, to stay strong, and to stay active. And as we said in the beginning of the program, also remember to love on your family, to love on everyone that you care for as we continue to keep uh, in mind and to keep in our prayers the folks down there in Surfside, Florida, as they go through this um, insurmountable tragedy that happened with the condominium collapse. So again, thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. And I look forward to being in your company next week at the same time. So until then, you have yourself a wonderful week.